Tonight I'd like you to turn to Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to look at verses 14, beginning there, and uh, have a message here before we have the Lord's Supper, but uh, glad to see you back. This has been kind of a disjointed service, a series of messages I've been speaking on our inheritance, and I want to bring the fourth of five, uh, which I haven't really touched on this subject in almost 20 years, um, but uh, it, it's something that we uh, really need to be familiar with because we, we don't think of heaven enough and uh, what it's going to be like. It's going to be different for everybody, uh, absolutely, and I, I'm just amazed at the volume of information in the Bible there is about your heaven and what you can make it. Uh, you can't save yourself. I can't save myself. We have to get there through the door, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he's the only way, and I hope you would know that tonight. But uh, heaven's going to be different for everybody, and there is what's called an inheritance. Look for that word when you're reading the New Testament, inheritance or inherit. And look for it in parables, look for it in doctrine. It's just all over the New Testament, and... Uh, it's something God wants us to know about and study, and it's something that too many people like Esau trifle with uh, and take it too lightly and discard it too quickly, uh, as he did for a bowl of soup. Uh, now, his was a temporary, earthly one, but this is an eternal one that can be discarded, and, and we shouldn't trifle with your inheritance. You should know what the potential of it is, and say nothing and nobody is going to deter me from this inheritance in heaven. I believe even the devil is so evil that if he loses your soul and you get saved, his next plan is to make sure you don't enjoy heaven as much as you could. I really think he's that sick and twisted in his thinking where he would actually say, okay, they're going to heaven, they just got saved, but I'm going to spend the rest of their life trying to distract them from their inheritance and uh, trying to make, uh, you know, a heaven uh, keep them from enjoying it as much as they could enjoy it. And uh, you've got to understand, heaven's going to be different for everybody. So our first lesson, our first message was on rewards, and I think I shared about 15 different specific rewards taught in the New Testament. There's a reward for being a good wife, uh, being a good husband, being a good father, uh, being a good child, honoring and, and obeying your parents. There's a reward of inheritance for being a good employee. And for being a good employer, there's a reward for giving somebody a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple. There's a prophet's reward for uh, accepting and receiving the prophets that God sends into your life that preach the word of God to you. There's a righteous man's reward. And that's where you uh, fellowship and you side with the righteous. And, and any man who's, who's, who loves the Lord and knows the Lord, that's your friend. And you don't say bad things about them. And you, you support them. And there's all these rewards we went through. And so I want to encourage you, don't lose your reward. And we got Vacation Bible School tonight, uh, organizational meeting. Don't say, ah, I'm going to take this year off. 
Are you sure? Yeah, you know, it's four nights, it's hot, it's humid, the fleas are out, the poison ivy's out. Everybody else is going to the ice cream parlors. And, uh, you know, these kids, they're screaming and, and, and stuff. There's flags tipping over and all, all kinds of stuff. And, and, you know, the church is a mess. And I, I've done this enough. Let's let, be careful about the way you think. Uh, be careful what you do with the opportunities that you have. Uh, I'm serious about that because I love you and I want you to have a better resurrection. I've always uh, had that as one of my goals as a preacher is to try to help the congregation understand that there's such a thing for some as a better resurrection than others. So there's all those rewards. That was number one. And then number two is the royal crowns. I'm trying to use the letter R as an alliteration. It helps me. I don't know about you, but it helps me remember truths. If I have things alliterated. Uh, or make up an acrostic or something um, like uh, that. I made up a cro- an acrostic for uh, uh, trust this week. Thoughtful reading until Scripture triumphs. Think about that one for a while. Thoughtful reading until Scripture triumphs. That's trust. And uh, these things help me remember spiritual truths. I was at Brother William's funeral and they, were, they weren't joking, but uh, they were laughing. But they said he preached 4,600 sermons in his life, and all 4,600 were alliterated. <laughs> he figured out some way to alliterate every one of them. But it is, it's, it's, it's just a way you can remember truths. And so our inheritance includes re- the potential of rewards, royal crowns. There's at least five of them we went through. And then third of all was riches. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And uh, Paul or whoever wrote to the Hebrews said that you, you spoiled your goods knowing that in heaven you would have a, a greater riches. You know, and, and I know some of you got this down just by the way you give the faith promise. Man, that's a blessing. Uh, this church is a blessing to my heart when it comes to faith promise, missions giving. And uh, I'm glad that some of you have learned how to give by faith, and God has increased your faith to be used in this life, your faith, uh, through that, but also in the next life. Uh, you know, there's so many scriptures that talk about riches in heaven to those who give down here on earth. So that's number three. We're up to number four tonight, which is ruling and reigning. Ruling and reigning. There's five of these R's. Tonight I want to look at ruling and reigning for a short time. Maybe this doesn't interest you, but it interests me every time I listen to politics. I can't wait till I'm in charge. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Uh, and you might think that's a joke or something, but this is biblical. Now, I don't know if I'll be accounted worthy of ruling and reigning with Christ. I hope so, but because if we don't rule and reign with Christ, we will be ruled and reigned. And I'm going to show you that this is not just in the millennium, but also into eternity. See, a lot of people are going to be in heaven and say, what's heaven like? I think it's a lot set up like this. There's ruling and reigning in heaven, too. I'm going to prove that to you. From the Bible tonight, as we have this message for a a short time, 
this evening, but um, Jesus taught this clearly in the scriptures that those who, for instance, if you suffer, if we suffer for him, Paul told Timothy, we shall reign also with him, R-E-I-G-N, and that's like a king reigning on a throne as he reigns from his throne, ruling and reigning. So what will you and I be doing during the millennium? That's the thousand years of Christ on earth. Now, before the millennium is the tribulation, and half of the people on earth are wiped out. It's going to be seven years of tribulation such as you've never seen. But if we went into the tribulation right now with eight billion people on earth, how many would make it out? Who knows the math? It's difficult. Four billion would go into the millennial reign of Christ on this current earth, this current earth, and they're going to need to be ruled and reigned. They're still going to be as lost as can be. They're still going to have a wicked, sinful nature, but the tempter will be banished. The devil will be thrown into a bottomless pit for a thousand years. Imagine that. Did you ever fall in your dreams? And you don't you wake right up? Can you imagine falling for a thousand years? It's got to be terrifying. He's thrown into a bottomless pit for a thousand years. Now, after it's over, he's allowed, he's allowed to come loose for a while. And those nations that went through a thousand years of peace and righteousness... A lot of them will still choose Satan afterwards because they still have a sinful nature. Now their sinful nature will be bound and in, in, in the sense restrained because the tempter will not be there. They'll never be tempted to do evil like you and I are every day. So sick of this life sometimes. There, there won't be any temptation during the thousand years reign of Christ, but there will be sinful people everywhere who need to be ruled and reigned with a rod of iron. Jesus is going to rule and reign in righteousness and peace, and this world is going to see what they could have had if they chose Christ, but they didn't. It's going to be a wonderful time, but then it's going to end with a huge war. Satan's going to, the nations are going to come against Jesus, and he's going to just wipe them out. And then Satan will be bound, and then he'll be thrown into a lake of fire and be tormented there day and night forever and ever. And uh, the beast and the false prophet will be there, and then everybody whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life at the great white throne, judgment will also be thrown into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. And then God will make a new heaven and a new earth. But there's so many people who are going to get saved. Uh, and I saw much people in heaven. Matthew, or, I'm sorry, Revelation 19.1. Saw much people in heaven. I believe some people in heaven are going to need to be ruled and reigned over. And others will rule and reign with Christ. And the Bible says that will continue on for eternity. So, that all depends on what you do with your faith during this short little life. You can be worldly. You can live after the flesh. You can live after the devil. Uh, and throw all this away. Or you can, by faith, say, God's word is true. And maybe not many people see it, but I see it by faith that there's a next life coming and there's this long one. And what I do in this tiny, dinky, short little span 
will determine what my eternity is like forever. And do I want to throw that away forever? Now, I don't, because I would love to rule and reign with Christ. I really would. I have just fantasies about that. That would be neat, wouldn't it? Just Because every time I hear of some kind of a decision that Congress makes, or they make in Albany, or the Supreme Court makes, and I get all, uh, and I just wish, boy, if I was in charge. You know, I think like that sometimes. Well, maybe someday I will. Maybe someday you will. And so Jesus taught here, beginning at verse 14 of Matthew 25, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. He called his servants and delivered unto them his goods. Verse 15, And unto one he gave five talents, another two, another one, to every man according to his several ability. Praise the Lord. He doesn't give us more than we're able to use. And straightway took his journey. Then he that had received five talents went and traded them and came the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had two and also gained uh, other two. And he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. <coughs> After a long time, the Lord of his servants cometh and reckoneth with them. Now, this is a parable, but boy, that's literal, isn't it? It's been thousands of years. You know, people back then thought, Paul thought Christ was coming in his day. He actually thought about that, wrote about that. But, boy, here we are thousands of years later, and the Bible is true. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside these. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. So it's not that hard to rule with Christ. Uh, He doesn't make it hard. He just says, you find a few things to do for God and you be faithful in those few things. I remember a, a lady who taught Sunday school for 40 years. Literally 40 years, she taught little girls in her Sunday school class. She never quit. She's in heaven now. And on average, during the course of the year, she'd influence about four little girls every year. And when you would come to Sunday school, and not enough people come to Sunday school, but you'd think, well, there she goes with her little class. What's that got to do with the kingdom of God or a little class over there with a couple little girls? But she would influence about four of them every year, and they'd come to know the Lord as their Savior, grow up to be wonderful Christian women. Many of them served the Lord with their lives and married well. And and she influenced over 150 girls in her life. Now, that's not little in God's eyes. That's not little in God's eyes. But she was just faithful over a few things. She was faithful over a few things. Sometimes people... Like I like to say, while you're waiting to do something big for God, do a whole bunch of little things while you're waiting. 
Just keep doing little things because those little things, year after year after year after year after year, amount up to huge things. Uh, I know a man uh, doesn't live far from here, goes to another church, drove bus for 30 years. 30 years. Drove bus for the church, Sunday school bus. Every Sunday morning, winter, spring, fall, summer, he drove the bus to church. Every Sunday afternoon, he drove the bus home. Got home late. Every Sunday afternoon, 2, 2.30, 3 o'clock, he'd get home while everybody else had been home for hours and it's eating, taking their naps. He just drove the bus and drove the bus and drove the bus. Just kept. He did it on the big days when the bus was packed and rocking. He did it on the little days when hardly anybody came. He just kept doing it, kept running the bus, running the bus. At one time at a meeting, they figured out how many thousands of people he brought to his local church. And how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them came to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And he was so obscure as a bus driver, nobody even, well, he's a bus driver, church bus driver. You know, he's not the preacher or the singer or the piano player or the, you know, uh, choir director or something like that. But he was the bus driver. The bus driver. And he did it faithfully. And uh, please, I'm, I'm begging you tonight, don't take lightly a few things. Find what God wants you to do. Do a few things. Do them faithfully. And uh, he says, I'll make you ruler over many things. The language was different in Luke 19. In this, in Matthew, it says, I'll make you ruler over many things. Luke 19 now uses different words. Verse 17, and he said unto them, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. Verse 19, and he said likewise to him, Be thou also over five cities. Boy, that's not hard, folks. It, it says Jesus' words, because thou hast been faithful in a very little. And that's where Satan climbs on your shoulder and starts whispering in your ear and saying, what are you wasting your time doing this for? So little, it's so insignificant. If you quit, nobody's going to notice. God will notice. And it'll be brought up on the judgment day. But somebody's faithful. I know these these pastors sometimes out in these country churches with a handful of people. They've got to be bivocational. There's no chance ever that they're going to be paid to do what they do. And, and they just keep these little country churches going. Sometimes a little boy or a little girl comes in for vacation Bible school and gets saved. And uh, they're not the well-known preacher, but they, they just minister there for their, all their life in obscurity. And uh, I suppose there's a lot of Mondays where they want to quit. Uh, but they better not. Scriptures like this need to be in our hearts so when Satan tempts us, we can say, get thee behind me, Satan. For Jesus is going to say someday, well done, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, in a very little, in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. So I want to encourage you tonight, like, just so you can apply this, don't quit the choir don't quit the orchestra. Don't quit being an usher or a greeter. Don't quit working in the nursery. Don't quit being a prayer leader or a song leader or a bus driver or 
something that you might say, oh, this is small, and if I just stop doing this, who's going to even notice? Somebody up there is going to notice. Somebody up there is going to notice. Remember, the, I tell the story sometime about the, I don't know how you even talk nowadays because of this woke culture, but he was mentally deficient or something, but he'd just come to church all the time, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. He wasn't bright at all. But every time they had church after service, he'd go around and pick up the papers, and the bulletins people left behind, throw them out, and he'd straighten up the song books. He'd, say, he'd make sure all the psalm books were, were in underneath the pew, not like this, but like that, and, and, they, and, and they were, you know, and the, the uh, book racks were there, and all the offering envelopes were there, and the Bibles were there, and they all looked orderly. And nobody in the church ever noticed what he did until he died, and the church was a mess. And somebody said, boy, somebody ought to straighten up this stuff. And he just did it all of his life. <laughs> and he was kind of mentally deficient. I think God sees those things. He was faithful to very little. He did what he could according to his ability. That's what it says here, according to his ability. God's not asking you to do anything outside your ability. But according to his uh, ability. Uh, don't quit your little Sunday school class or your little children's church or, 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 or whatever it might be. It might seem so insignificant and you might say nobody ever pats me on my back or gives me any appreciation. Uh, but we're reading what the Scriptures say tonight. What the Scriptures say. Great churches, I think, are made up of dozens and sometimes big churches, hundreds and hundreds of people who just do little things faithfully and just will not give up and just will not uh, quit. In Luke 22, if you want to turn there in verse 28, Luke 22, verse 28, a couple of pages away. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations, and I appoint unto you a kingdom as my Father hath appointed unto me, that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now this portion of Scripture was to Christ's disciples. But the principle is there. Uh, they were faithful. Notice, the, the, ye are they which have continued with me. You didn't quit, you continued with me. And because of that, I'm going to put you on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, this is to his disciples, not to us, but the principle there is true that the Lord watches us just to be faithful, just continue, don't ever give up, just continue, and they are going to rule with Christ and reign and judge. Revelation 1 and verses 5 and 6 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his blood. That's a good verse to remember as we have the Lord's Supper. But verse 6 says, For those that are washed in the blood, and hath made us kings and priests, 
unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And so be faithful. We're talking about rewards. If you're a businessman, just be a faithful Christian businessman. Do everything in your business by Christian principles. Always be honest. God's watching you. That's what you do. You're a businessman. Be a Christian businessman. Because there's an inheritance at stake. Oh, well, it's, it's impossible to run a business by Christian principles and make it these days. Well, then go down, go under, sink. But at least sink and say, I did it God's way. And uh, God will be pleased because this life is not, this, this is just a warm-up. Uh, and, 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 and we'll be kings and priests, it says, if we're washed in the blood and we... Whatever it is God has led us to do in, in our lives, if it's His will and we do it His way, we'll be kings and priests. I'm King Cole. Or King Arthur. One hit the guy with the sword. King Arthur, King Cole. I, I like either one. Old King Cole was a merry old soul. Remember him? Yeah. So I want to be faithful. I want to be faithful at what God has given me to do. And you want it too. You're, what you do Monday through Friday or whatever is just as important to your eternity as what I do uh, all week long as a pastor. I'm trying to help you in the next life. Revelation 2, verse 26. And he that overcometh and keepeth. This is the only one, I believe, where there's a, a, an addendum to it. All the other seven, six, when he's writing to the seven churches, it says, He that overcometh, he that overcometh, he that overcometh, he that overcometh. This one says, He that overcometh and keepeth my commandments unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. I like that. Give me a rod of iron, man. Hey, you. <laughs> Knock it off. We don't do that in our kingdom. We don't do that in my city. That'd be neat, wouldn't it? But uh, you've got to watch the flesh. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of the potter, shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. So this is the only one I know of with an addendum, verse 26. He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end. Don't quit what God has given you to do. The only reason you should ever quit something is if it, he leads you from that into another work. And I know he does that. I've seen that like with pastors in my realm of life where they start out in a bus ministry and they are song leading and they're teaching a Sunday school class and running a youth group or something like that and God's watching them and they don't even know it and God says, that guy's faithful. And then he has them become a pastor. But God don't make pastors out of guys who are sitting around doing nothing. He makes pastors out of guys who are so busy they, their heads are swimming because they want to do everything. And they that desire the office of a bishop desire a good work. And, uh, but that was never my goal. I just did that because I thought it was right at the time. Let's run buses. Let's try to go out teen soul winning and, and uh, go to camp and those things that I used to do uh, when I was a young man. And you know what? The testimony is the same for every pastor I know. That They just start out 
whatever, vacuuming the carpet, George Grace over there in Rochester. Uh, he took that church over and just it just grew and grew and grew, thousands of people. At one time, he showed up one day and said, I quit my job, Pastor Motlish. He said, what did you do that for? Well, because I want to work around the church. So we can't pay you. He said, I didn't, I didn't ask for that. I just want to work around the church. I quit my job. So he started vacuuming the carpet, cleaning the toilets and everything. And, and somehow God provided for him through that. And uh, then they put him in a teaching position, and that grew. And he did this, and he did this. And then finally they said, why don't you be our pastor? When Motlish left and went off to Utah or wherever he went, Idaho. And uh, Brother Grace, just, just God just used him. Uh, but he just, uh, he just started out and said, what can I do? I want to encourage you that to, to remember this addendum in verse 26. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end. Man, as long as you can, keep serving the Lord. And he may change things that you're going to do, but uh, keep serving the Lord. Then be faithful with something new that he gives you to do. Revelation 20, I'm almost done, verse 4. Trying to give you verses tonight about ruling and reigning, part of the inheritance, part of the potential inheritance of every one of us. I don't know how this works for women. I I don't know how this works for women, but you just be faithful and you just trust God's going to be fair, equitable. That's just how He is. And I saw thrones, Revelation 20, verse 4, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither the image, neither had received his mark in their foreheads and in their hands. And they, they reigned, I'm sorry, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. These are those that, remember that parable, those that get on the eleventh hour? God says, I'm going to give you a penny too. And those that bore the heat of the day say, wait a minute, we worked all day, we get a penny, and these come in at the eleventh hour and get a penny too. And the Lord said, I can do what I want with my own. And these tribulation saints, they're only saved for a year or two and they get their heads lopped off. But the Lord says to them uh, here, uh, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. They came in on the 11th hour. I mean, they just got in. Praise God, there are going to be people saved in the tribulation. They're not going to be able to serve very long, but God's going to let them rule and reign for a thousand years. Just as much as somebody that you know, served the Lord faithfully for 40, 50, 60 years, like Helen Muse, I talked about her this morning. And last of all, Titus, I'm sorry, chapter 22 and verse 5. And there was no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Doing what? I don't know. But forever and ever is a long time. And in closing, let us think, do I really want to live for the flesh? Do I want to live for the devil? Do I want to throw this all away? I'll finish this in about three weeks, the last hour, because we've got special speakers the next two Sundays, nights, Sunday nights. But, man, I don't know about you, I try to keep this in front of me.
Do I really want to throw this away like Esau? His birthright and his blessing, he just discarded it, trifled with holy things. And Later on in history, you know what God said? It's in the Bible. Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Man. To earn the hatred of God, I don't think that's true about people in heaven. Uh, but boy, how disappointing. How disappointing. And there's verses that say that you know, people can take your crowns, people can take your rewards, people can take your inheritance, you can just throw it all away. Take heed to thyselves. Uh, John said, right, Second John verse 8, that you lose not that which you've wrought, that you don't lose what you worked for. And so uh, you've got to have faith to believe everything I've said tonight. You've got to have faith that there's a heaven, Faith that there's an eternity, it's a long time, and what we do in this tiny, dinky, short little life that goes by like a vapor determines forever what heaven's like for me, or for what heaven's like for you. So, The Lord's Supper is a time of self-examination, and uh, we're going to receive the Lord's Supper before we dismiss and have our meeting for Vacation Bible School. And uh, in uh, Paul's doctrinal text on the Lord's Supper, he says in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. And then later he says this, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. That's pretty simple. You could do that right now. I could do that right now. Right now, we could say, Lord, I'm sorry about this in my life. Would you please forgive me? And would you please cleanse me? And if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Now, when we are judged, it says, for this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. That don't sound like any fun. Being weak all the time, being sick all the time, or an early death. But we can judge ourselves. You can do that right now. I can do that right now. And so if we could bow our heads and close our eyes in a word of prayer and take a few moments now to pray to the Lord, knowing that He has given us His promise that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He could forgive us right now. He can cleanse us so that in just a few minutes as we approach the Lord's Supper, we can be clean according to his promise, and receive the Lord's Supper and remember Christ, his great love for us and his crucifixion. So shall we pray.